if we were doing this live, I'd be swinging punches across the table. I, I wouldn't be saying it live. <laughs> Unbelievable. I just thought, you know, get out. some discussion. I couldn't even speak. I was so angry. Hello Gasheads and welcome to this latest episode of Gascast. I'll be your host Nino and joining me for this one to chat all things BS7 are friends of the pod Mike Willett and Nick Weeks. Evening chaps. Evening. Good evening. So just for the benefit of the listeners, Weeksy, doing this one from your car, what's going on? Um, I've, I've just got back from my son's football session and... Um... My three-year-old, if anyone's met Willow, she's like the Tasmanian devil and she's kicking off in there. So um, rather than subject you all to it, I'm sat in the car in my driveway, probably with some nosy neighbours wondering what's going on. That's not dedication to the pod, then I don't know what it is. A lot of time for that. Um, right, so there's lots to talk about. So let's jump straight into last night's one-all draw at Colchester United. Not last night. I wrote this pod the other day. It's now Tuesday night's draw at Colchester United. And we'll go through our pros and cons. Pros and cons and cons and pros and pros and cons and pros. Pros and cons. So a few quick stats from the game before we go through our positives from Tuesday evening. Uh, So possession, Colchester 44, Rovers 56. Shots, Colchester 17, Rovers 12. On target, three each. Off target, seven each. Big chances, one each. And big chances missed, one each. So the stats ended fairly even from a game that I thought Rovers dominated large spells of, to be honest. So we'll go through the reasons why that was in a moment. But let's go through the pros first of all. And Mike, why don't you kick us off? Um, so yeah, so my pro would probably be, I, th- I think Alfie Kilgore um, looks like he's returning to some kind of form um i've been a bit critical of Alfie, and I, I think he's not quite been the same for a couple of seasons now but the last couple of games i think he's he's actually stood out for me as as our best not not saying he's our best center half but certainly in the last couple of games i think he's actually took the took the lead uh, at, the, at the back whereas um connor taylor who's been outstanding um I think maybe struggled a little bit the last couple of games, just just maybe um, feeling maybe a little bit of the pressure, maybe being the, the main man. And, and Elfie seems to have kind of taken, just taken it forward. Um, I think he's been, uh, it's just encouraging to see a, a young player like Elfie who, um, you know, has, has struggled, has kind of gone backwards a little bit, but to see him sort of regain some confidence, hopefully. And yeah, so I would, I would certainly take a positive, um, He's certainly my pro from last night. Yeah, I'd agree with both of those. I think that um, Connor Taylor had quite a tough night against Nublé up front for them, quite a big physical striker. And I thought Taylor had a real battle on his hands all evening with him. And and with Kilgore, I thought as well as defending well on the night, I thought the main thing that stood out for me from him was how he was bringing the ball out from the back and passing it into the midfield. Because I thought that... In general, it's probably the best that Rovers have played out from the back all season. And I thought Kilgore was quite a large part of that because at times he can get it. And once he gets going, he's quite a hard man to stop once he gets into his stride. And I thought some of his passing into the likes of Evans and Whelan in the midfield, who then got us moving even further up the pitch, was was really nice. Um, 
And what a link that is, mind. That links beautifully onto Weeksy's Pro, which is... Whelan and Evans. Um, I had a little think about it when you um, you asked what our pros would be. And initially, it was just going to be Evans. Um, I've been so impressed with him since the first time I saw him was against Crawley. And it just looks like he's got a bit of magic in those feet. He looks like he can create something from nothing, which he's he's proved now with his assists and everything. Um but I've gone for both of them in midfield there because my, my criticism of the team recently has been when Coots um, and Wheelham have been playing in, this, in the same position in midfield there, they they almost get in each other's way and they want to play in that same space. Um, and Do it, you think they're too fun. similar? Yeah, definitely. I think they're, they're, they're the same player, essentially, or same style of player. I rate Whelan a lot. Um, more highly than Coots. We may even come on to that later on. Coots winds me up a little bit. But um, I just think Whelan and Evans together, they just, they, you know, Whelan could just sit there. He could just tick the game over as you'd want him to, um, leaving Evans to do, you know, the, the creating in the midfield. Um, so I was really, really impressed with those two together. Um, and yeah, Evans is just, I can see him if he keeps on developing, keep going the way he is. I think we're going to have a player on our hands. We didn't get rave reviews from the crew fans that I saw online. Um, so I don't know if that coming in with lower expectation kind of helps when he does perform. Um, but yeah, really good. And like I said, Whelan, 37 years old. You know, might, people thought he might come here for a payday, but watching celebrate some of the goals and the way he plays and getting the team in together, I think he's been, there's no coincidence. Now he's got a run in the team that our results are starting to turn around a bit. Yeah, I think. When I saw the starting lineup come out, um, I looked at that Evans Whelan partnership and I was a little bit like, oh, don't know about that. You know, an away game, tricky away game. Evans brought in as an attacking midfielder. I thought, is that going to be played through too easily? A little bit lightweight. Is Evans going to be able to put his foot in? Because um, we've seen him play more advanced, like just behind the striker up to now. But I thought he was absolutely different class in that deeper role alongside Whelan. Um, and he was getting the ball, as I said, Kilgore was passing out from the back and Evans was receiving it, usually had a man behind him and he was could turn onto either foot. They didn't know which way he was going to go. And he was then either running forward with it and driving through their midfield or he was picking out a forward pass and just moving us up the pitch without just aimlessly hoofing it up to, you know, Pittman or Saunders or whatever. I thought he was just linking the play so nicely. And um, yeah, he was just different gravy for me, Weeksy. Yeah, just the, the point you made there about worrying about playing through us. I think, and I know it gets criticised with the three at the back, which Jerry wants to play, and I think some people have been more happy with four. But when you've got the three centre-halves, you can, you can because we're narrow in defence naturally then, so I think you can get away with the one holding, and I think that's why that may have worked better than was expected. I had exactly the same, um, you know, concerns that you did um, when I saw that are they going to come through us but with a three at the back I think it can work yeah and also I, I quite like the fact that he's, he's he brings a physical presence yeah, I, I can't remember the last time we actually had like a, a proper tall seemingly strong centre, centre midfielder like he does he, he's quite combative um, so he seems to be able to do a lot of things you want, you know, you can create, but you can also, he's not afraid to get, you know, track back and get a foot in as well. So his early days with him, I think, um, and he's still young and he's, he's going to make mistakes. He made a couple um, on, on Wednesday, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm impressed as everyone else at the moment and just got to hope that we can nurture that talent. I'll tell you, he reminded me of a little bit Tuesday night was Linesy in the, 
he was very technically good on the ball, but also he's just kind of got that same build. You know, he's quite tall and gangly. And once he gets going, you know, he doesn't look that quick, but I think he's deceptively fast. When he was picking up the ball and driving through him, um, there wasn't many people that could keep up with him. You know, he was really causing him problems doing that all, all night. So, um, so a question then. So obviously Finley's out injured at the moment. Uh, personally thought he was one of our best players uh, before he went out the side. So when he's back fit, uh, Mike, come to you. Do you partner Finley with Whelan and then push Evans further up the pitch where he was playing beforehand? Or do you think we need to give Evans Whelan a bit of a run of games there and and make Finley fight for his place back? That's a great question. Um, I I mean, I, I also thought Finley, uh, he's been one of the few players I've been really impressed with. You know, again, seemingly able to do both, you know, likes to get forward, likes to try and create things, but can also, you know, get the ball back and keep us, keep us ticking over but though he did have some stinkers too you know he, he sometimes over he tries to overplay it he tries to do something too clever and give the ball away um so you know if he comes back so let's say he was available saturday I, I would probably keep it as it is for the time being i would i would still stick with whelan and, and evans um and because whilst we might think evans he might be good further forward i thought he, he did play a very good role in that game the other night and I'd just like to see how he can, how he play that role at home. Um, so yeah, I would maybe, and also we don't want to rush players back from injury. It does feel like each, as each game goes by, we've got another one on the list. So, and that might be partly down to the fact that we're rushing players back. So I would give Whelan and Evans a, an extended run as a partnership, I think. Weeksy, I know we've already touched on him, but have you been surprised by um, by Whelan and the impact he's made? Because obviously he was, as you said, 37, free agent, brought in, I think, even like two or three days after the window shut. So it really was a sort of, um, uh, it felt a bit of a desperation signing at the time just to get another body in that midfield. But, and I think even when he signed, Joey said, you know, he's going to be someone who has more of an influence off the pitch than on it. Almost sounded like he'd get the odd 10, 15 minutes at the end of games when we're trying to shut a game out to use his experience kind of thing. But he's come in and for me, he's after, well, especially after Tuesday night, which I thought was his best performance for us, he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. I've just been really impressed by him. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been surprised. And exactly that, um, discussing it with my old man, we said when we first signed him, it was a bit worrying. Oh, coming in here for a payday, maybe last 10 minutes if we're winning what by the odd goal, you know, bringing him on and just settle everything down. Um, but I think he's almost that, you know, that, that experienced head that bank can bring the young ones on around him. You know, I know we're, we're a bit worried that we sign too many veterans, but you remember you've got Evans, I think it's 22, 23, you know, he's not got loads of football league experience and it's so important to have that and we're talking about you know, Mike's there talking about the partnership, about, you know, letting that blossom. And it's so important. And I think you, we've always missed those older, head, those older heads as the main um, criticism that we had of the Garner teams. You know, we had undoubtedly ta- talented footballers in there, but without the experience, um, the nous isn't in there. And especially in a central midfield area. For me, that's where a game is won and lost. And um, the last few games I've been to watching and um, wheeling closely. The first time he really impressed me was Warsaw away. It seemed to just drag us on in that second half and he kept that ball ticking over. Um, and I touched on it before, um, watching the Carlisle highlights back with the, the pitch side cameras there. I, 
watch Whelan closely. I thought you'd just run back to the halfway line type thing, but right there in amongst the guys and, and you're noticing he's beckoning other players over and he knows the importance of teamwork. Um, but yeah, I am surprised genuinely. I don't think he's ever been this end of the country before. Um, and I was a little bit concerned it was one of, you know, Joey's mates, but, um, no, I can't knock it. I've been really, really impressed. And like Mike said, I hope that partnership with him and Evans can, can blossom. It could be key for us this season. All right. So let's move on to my pro from the game, uh, which is a bit of a general one. Um, but it's just the style of play because I think even in previous games that we've won this season, I'm thinking back to the likes of Walsall and Crawley, um, good wins. Walsall in particular, obviously, to grab that last-minute winner was great, but I didn't particularly come away from that game feeling like we'd put in the kind of performance that was, you know, in any way kind of repeatable or sustainable. Um, And I just thought it was by far the most fluid we've looked all season on Tuesday. I thought some of the passing out from the back, although it was a little dodgy at times, and I know you'll come on to that, Mike, um, although it was a little bit suspect at times, I thought that we just kept the ball on the floor. Um, we were passing up the pitch, passing between the units of the team. I've sat here on the pod all season so far. I've been very critical of the fact that we very often just aimed um, sort of aimless long balls, really, up to Pittman, up to Saunders. And there was very, very little of that on Tuesday. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I mean, we didn't play great against Carlisle, kind of scored two as they were chasing the game late on to put a bit of gloss on that result. In many ways, we robbed a point at Bradford. Um, but even though we drew this game, I came away from it feeling so much more positive just about the direction that the team's going, because I think it was the first performance I've looked at and thought there's some actual patterns of play emerging and you can see partnerships and people working well together. And I just think up to now, it's just looked like a team of individuals and every now and then there'll be a great moment like Spence at Walsall, but it never felt to me like something where we could go and repeat that the next weekend. Whereas I've got faith, probably misguided faith that, you know, against Newport on Saturday, we can hopefully go in and put a similar kind of performance um, so yeah, just really encouraged. I thought it was great. You know, I've slagged off Joey Barton a lot on this pod, um, but fair play to him. Lineup was ballsy, risky, but I thought it paid off um, and we should have come away with all three points, but we will come on to why we didn't now. Let me move on to the cons. So Mike, kick us off. So uh, you alluded to it there a little bit, uh, Oliver. I, I would say for me, and it was tricky to pick a con from last night because you know, generally, as, as you say, I thought we, we did play well and deserved to win the match. But I've got a little bit of an issue with the way we're trying to play the ball out from the back. And it is only because I think our general play isn't really, it's not like we get on the ball very often and just start passing it around. And I feel like when we have a goal kick, there were a few times last night where we just got ourselves into trouble. Like the stats you were running through at the start, that's probably largely down like the, the the attempts they had on goal. It felt like the majority of them were because we'd put ourselves under severe pressure. Um, a couple of times, you know, I think Connor Taylor passed it back right right on the goal line to to Belshaw. He had to sort of hack it away, and and I just just felt that you know, I, sometimes I think you you have to be decent. You have to have some really good ball playing centre halves to play that kind of football, and. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I was quite surprised and, and impressed with 
Kilgore because I thought he, he genuinely handled that quite well. And it, that was always something that under Garner, we were always concerned that he couldn't be that player. But it looks like he might have developed that side of his game, which is really encouraging. But I just felt dead nervous every time we had a goal kick. Of what we're going to try and play. I, I know the idea. We're trying to bring them forward. But there was a couple of times that you know, Connor Taylor would take the goal kick, pass it to Belshaw, and Belshaw just thumped it down the middle. And I thought, I don't really understand what that was about. But there must be some uh, you know, method behind it. But I just, I, maybe it's something as well that develops over time and you know, appreciate that this is still early days and they are trying to introduce new ideas. But it just made, it just got me nervous all night. I was stressed. And um, at times it nearly cost us. But, um, you know, as I say, generally good. But I'll, I'll, I'll use that as my con. Well, that explains the uh, the posters of Tony Pudis and Sam Allardyce on the wall behind you there. Mike, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Dinosaur Willett loves, a, loves get, a long ball out from the back. Just get it forward, lads. Get it forward, Rovers. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, what I was going to add to that, actually, was Belshaw was interviewed after the game and he, he was asked about it. And he said something along the lines of basically once or twice a season, it'll backfire and it'll cost us a goal. Um, but the reward across the season will outweigh the risk in terms of how it will allow us to play. Will he thinks outweigh the fact that you know every now and then it will backfire? And I, I agree. I think that up until the last fifteen minutes or so, when it all went sort of peak Rovers and we completely lost our heads, it really looked like the only way they were going to score was from us being a bit lackadaisical at the back and giving it to one of their strikers who was going to run through on goal and you know. It's, hit it in one-on-one. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely risky. um, But as I said, I have sat here and consistently criticised us for lumping it up to Pittman. So I feel like I'd be a bit hypocritical now to to slate us for playing out from the back. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes as the season progresses. Um, Right, Nick, on to you. What's your con from the game? Um, Mine, I don't really like picking out an individual, especially with a con, but mine's going to be Key and Harry's, I'm afraid. Um, I think in the back three, he can look brilliant for about 89 minutes. Um, he, he made, he actually did make some good tackles, um, um, throughout the game, some good stand up block tackles that I noticed. And, and if we are going to play out from the back, which is definitely something we're going to do, um, he is useful for that because he's good with the ball at his feet. But my God, he's so sloppy sometimes. So even with the red card, generally I've, I've watched it back. I think the referee was quick to give him that second yellow. And I don't truly, if you ask the referee and you ask them, honestly, I don't reckon he knew that Key and Harry's was booked initially. I think he's just, he's trying to move the game on and he's gone for the yellow straight away and realised he's got to send him off. So that's still silly from Kean, but, you know, I think the ref was a little bit quick there so I could see the frustrations. Um, but I mentioned it uh, to you, Nino, um, in the message earlier on that, for me, there was a cha- one of the Belshaw saves and it rolled underneath uh, Kean Harris's foot in our own box. It was just easily, just to bring it down and it quite easily could have cost us a goal. And I just, you know, that's my con. I think it's just that concentration levels for the full 90 minutes is something, if we're going to have a complete performance, it's something that we need to concentrate, especially at the back. Um, it was one of my um, criticisms of Jack Baldwin was similar. You'd look good for a while and then make an absolute rick. And I think Keen Harry's is like that. Um, I think he's got age on his side. He's, he's a young lad and I'm hoping he learns from them. It was just that mistake I picked up on during the game in the box where it really could have cost us. And again, Belshaw got us out of trouble. Um, 
But I think I think Harry's will get a lot of games because of the style of play. I think we're going to want to carry on playing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, Harry's getting sent off like that reminded me of was McCormick, I think it was. Uh, was it Burton last season where he sort of semi-kicked the ball away and got a second book in and got sent off? And you kind of think, from one hand, I can see why it's given, but on the second, just on the other side, it's so harsh, but it just feels like that we get punished for those things, whereas other teams don't. I don't know if that's just me looking through, you know, Rover spectacles or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I think the ref could have just given him a bit of a, a bit of a warning and, and moved on and kept it 11 v 11. But um, yeah, anyway, Mike, coming to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to sort of add on to that, really, because it was really frustrating to have that moment because I we kept we managed to keep the ball in the corner for about two minutes where we were just and I thought it was great you know we had like Pittman just sort of using all of his experience just ushering the ball out of play we get another throw in and but yeah I mean it was a bit daft a bit daft from Kean and and but it just it's how we lost our heads from that moment on I know, I know we'll probably come on to that but it's just a complete capitulation everything went out the window after that but you know daft. Yeah, so moving on to my con from the game then, which kind of follows on from Weeks' point just then, but it's just our game management um, in that last 10 or 15 minutes or so. So I know Barton's subs towards the end of the game have taken quite a lot of criticism online and, and I want to come on to those shortly. But I mean, I was watching the, I went on the full match replay on iFollow earlier because I have no life and I, I watched back the last 15 minutes or so and we first took the ball to the corner to waste a bit of time in the 84th minute and just from that point onwards that seemed to be kind of our only plan for the remainder of the game from that point on that was what we we did we either hoofed it into a corner and made someone chase after it or someone who had the ball just ran it into the corner and tried to keep it there and I don't know, maybe it's the benefit of hindsight and there's a little bit of outcome bias maybe because obviously we went on to draw the game rather than win it but 84 minutes. I mean, most games go to 90 plus three. You usually get three minutes added on time. And this one actually went to the 96th minute. And we're taking the ball to the corner in the 84th minute. You've still got 12 minutes of play left to go. And I think regardless of the fact Harry's gets sent off and then Trevor Clark turns into bloody Anthony Joshua at the end, I just think it's way too early to be trying to take the ball in the corner and see the game out like that. I mean, I think we're at our best. And I think it showed that on Tuesday night with how we played with that attacking lineup. I think we're at our best as a team when we're on the front foot. I don't think we've got the personnel to sit back and absorb pressure and be able to do that for very long without giving away a silly goal or making an individual error. I mean, as it was, I thought it was just a pretty nice goal from Colchester. Good strike from the edge of the area that you can't do a lot about maybe, but I just thought it was way, way too early to be trying to trying to waste a bit of time like that, really. Um, so, I mean, you know, hopefully something to learn from, from for Barton. But um, yeah, we will come on to those subs in a bit because I think there's some good discussion to be had there. Um, so a few other talking points from the game then. Um, firstly, I want to start with Nicholson and Thomas because, I mean, I can't believe we all gave a pro and didn't say those two, to be honest, because it's the first time they've started a league game together this season. Um they both came off the bench in the Carlisle win. Nicholson got a goal and Thomas got two assists. Um, they both came off the bench in the second half at Bradford. And I think the performance improved markedly from the first half and it really helped Rovers to get a foothold back in the game once those two came on. Um, Weeksy, coming to you, do you think it's too simplistic to say 
Rovers with Nicholson and Thomas good, Rovers without Nicholson and Thomas bad. Because, I mean, from the last three games, that's kind of the pattern that I'm seeing emerging, to be honest. I mean, I don't think that's unfair at all, mate, to be honest. Um, players like that make such a big difference. I mean, when Nicholson was fit last year, I mean, he looked likely to rip up League One, let alone League Two. Um, and I'll be honest with Luke Thomas, I didn't know much about him before the, before we got him in. Um, as always, when we sign a player, I'll always look at the um, the club where they come from, their Twitter feed, and see their you know their their leaving tweet, and I'll see the comments underneath. And you know he, he got rave reviews, and they're so impressive that they're, they're, they're the the guys with magic in their boots. That they're the ones that can get you out of trouble. Or, you know, you can give them the ball and kind of let them go and do their thing. Um, Thomas's little mini preseason that he's had has clearly made a difference. He looks so much sharper. Um, I, I like the link up with him and Harry Anderson uh, down the right hand side. Imagine being the left back on the opposition team and those two are doubling up on you. Um, the only other time I think we've done that this season um, was the Oldham game. And I know Oldham are poor, but when we had our wing backs nice and high up the pitch, you must double up on their full back. It's a bit overwhelming for them. Been in that, my, that situation myself when I've played. Um, and also they can cut inside and they can just cause all sorts of bother. So, um, I don't think it's unfair to say that I, I think they're the difference and I don't think it's a coincidence that we've had that turn in our, not only our performances, but our results and our points since those two have come back into the site and been available. Yeah, I think um, I think in the first half in particular, there's a few moments where Thomas would get it on the right and obviously he's left footed. So he comes inside and Anderson bombed on down the outside of him and Thomas would play him in. And Anderson was just in acres of space down that wing to get a ball in. Unfortunately, usually the the cross wasn't the best and they didn't really come to anything. But yeah, it was definitely it's kind of what I was referring to earlier, really. It's one of the sort of patterns that was emerging throughout the game. It was obviously something we've worked on in training, maybe, and you could see it coming off. And it's just it was just the first game where I thought these little things that we're obviously doing in training are now starting to come out. And it just it looked really promising to me. Yeah, I think like, any any team at this level would miss those two players, players of that kind of quality. And I think what we've seen for the teams we've played is is there is always one or two that stand out from the rest of them. And without those two in our squad, we we definitely look very rigid. We don't have a lot of width. And there's some good there are some good young players as we've we've mentioned, you know, with Evans and I quite like Anderson as well. And and I think, you know, but these two are, are absolute quality I think on their day um particularly Nicholson we, we, we've got a bit more um we've got the evidence with, with Nicholson at, at a higher level as well um you know he's done it before with, with Thomas I'm a little bit more let's just see over a longer period of time but he's so lively and no matter who you are you'd have to double up on him and you know you'd have to make sure that you sit a little bit back because you know, and, and because we've got two of them on either side, we actually genuinely feel that like we've got real width, which we haven't had for years, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see um, where they take us. And also, if we can just keep them fit, because as we know, with, particularly with Nicholson, we've, we've had our issues there as well. But um, fingers crossed with those two. Yeah, just uh, you make a good point there, Mike, where you say we've got the two higher at the pitch. Well, I think that's what that's help Pittman as well so Pittman he doesn't seem to be having to chase down opposition fullbacks because our two are higher you know Nicholson um, and Thomas are higher up the pitch 
you know, and helping uh, Pittman stay where you want him to be. And that's between the co- the goalposts. Something I scream my son at. My son's a striker and there's something called a POMO, which is position of maximum opportunity. There's a coaching term for you. Um, and that's where you want Brett Pittman. And those two being up with him, he's in those situations more often, which I think is is crucial. And that's what they help with as well. Well, that is a lovely link because my next point on the schedule is Brett Pittman and his performance on Tuesday. Um, again, another player who I've criticised on this podcast um, this season, more so for the way we've tried to use him than his performances themselves, because I just don't think that the team has been playing in a way that plays to his strengths um, in any way. Um, but I mean, Tuesday night, he could have had three or four, really. Obviously, he scored a pretty you know, decent header from a corner, nice movement to get across the front post and flicked it in. Um, but he scuffed one wide in the first half, probably our best opportunity in the first half, hit it narrowly wide, hit the post with a free kick. Uh, obviously had a header disallowed from a free kick. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just the sort of performance you want to see from him where he's in the box, getting these chances, getting on the end of things. And it was all because we were actually getting supply into the box and feeding him in the positions of maximum opportunity, Pomo. Um, so yeah, and I also thought once we went down to 10 and then nine men, I just thought he put a real shift in. Um, he obviously started the game. He was on for the entire 96 minutes. And I just thought he ran and ran and ran. And there were times when we were down to 10, especially where he was at left back, popping up, putting tackles in, chasing things down the line um, and just trying to sort of drag us up the pitch a bit. And it's it's the sort of stuff that, to be honest, I didn't expect to see from him. I didn't know whether he had that sort of desire and energy in him. Um, and I just thought I was really impressed with him Tuesday night. And f- for the first time, probably looked at him and thought, you know, there is still a player in there, someone we can eke some, you know, some gold out of this season. Um, Mike Pittman, do you think we finally saw us play in a way Tuesday that will make him an effective part of of the team going forward if we can, you know, replicate that? Well, I was thinking earlier today about Pittman because uh, I watched I watched Man United play Atalanta last night and I thought. Brett Pittman reminds me of Cristiano Ronaldo. I was going to make uh, in same so point, many ways. Didn't want to get laughed at. <laughs> Only Pittman's better in the air. I don't care. Um, he's also better and, looking. I'd say Brett Pittman. Oh, you know, he's, he's you know, that's that's a real man right there. Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, there's been quite a few times as we know with, with Pittman, you're, you're not going to get him running the channels and sort of whipping crosses in and holding the ball up as, as well as maybe other players do. Um, but you know, just so clinical, and you know that header against Bradford was just fantastic. How you know it's just measured, isn't it? He hasn't just he knows that's going in. The second second that ball's coming over, I mean, it's a good ball, good ball from Evans, but I mean, it's all about the header. And um, yeah, I, I and and like you say, um, Ollie, that I thought, yeah, his all round play was actually a lot better. I thought against Colchester. Um, helped the team and I thought was managing the game better than anyone else inside. Just, you know, again, holding it up, winning free kicks. You know, we haven't had a player that does that well since Clark Harris, really, that just wins those niggly free kicks. Um, he's he's excellent at that. And, you know, it's, it's only natural he's going to be getting fitter as well. He's playing a lot more regularly now. Um, yeah, he's just looking sharp. And, yeah, long may it continue. If he can get the service, which, you know, wouldn't... Uh, uh, Nicholson and Thomas hopefully they can sort of provide that in Evans as well 
yeah, um, I'm sort of excited to see what he what he can bring. But um, but yeah, so really pleased so far. What I thought was quite an interesting little tweak that Barton had obviously made um, when we didn't have the ball on Tuesday night was that when when Colchester had it with their defence, Pittman would kind of drop off a bit and Collins would move ahead of him and then Collins would be the one sort of pressing from the front and leading our press as a team. Um, and it's something that Joey has mentioned in the past, basically saying when we've got Brett Pittman up front, we can't press. Like It's pretty much impossible because he hasn't got the legs, he hasn't got the pace, he can't keep that up for a game. Um and I just thought it was just, it's quite subtle, but it was it made quite a big difference, I think, because Collins can run for days. He looks like he's got loads of energy. And just the fact that Pittman came off him and Collins went up top and he was chasing Harry. And then you had Nicholson and Thomas backing them up and Pittman was kind of floating around, seeing what dropped. Um, I just thought it made, yeah, it was a diff- it made a difference. It was quite, quite an interesting little tactic. Um, and before we move on from Pittman, I know we're not talking about Bradford, we're on Colchester, but it would be an absolute travesty if we didn't just eulogise over that header because, oh my God, the technique on that header was just absolute filth. Weeks, he just taught me through that. Well, the, I've, I've watched it back probably about 10, 15 times and I still don't know how he gets that purchase because he doesn't even seem to lean back and head it. It's almost like a, just flicked it back where it came from, which, you know, you're, you're taught to do anyway, but to do it when he's, what was he, 16 yards out? He's he just inside the box, wasn't he? And um, I think the, the ball, um, it, the ball made it, I'm not, I don't want to say the ball made it easy because that would be a horrendous thing to say, um, but it definitely, it helped and made his decision for him, if that makes sense. Um, and it came in with the, enough pace for him to make the decision and that the defender being able to settle himself. Um, but yeah, brilliant technique and just where you want him. And again, he's playing the, the type of football to the players we've got, it's their strengths. And um, that's what Pittman thrives off of. You look at a lot of his goals back when he was in his prime for, you know, Ipswich, Bournemouth, I'm not going to mention the other lot. But, you know, that was the type of goals that you'd score. And um, very clever, yeah, very impressive and Got us a good point in the end. Yeah, and also just the um, I, I remember there was a game we played. I think we played Barrow earlier in the season, and we didn't score from it. But there was a moment where I think ball got flashed across the sort of the penny area, and he's kind of like tried to flick it, but he, the goal's behind him. And he just tried to flick it back, you know, back across into the far post, and the keeper read it and saved it. But I thought that's exactly the he knows what he's doing. Like the amount of times that. Yeah, and I, I, I like Brandon Hallen. I wish, wish he was still here, really. But that could, Brandon would often get the ball. He'd, he'd just try and anything on target will do. But with with Brett, it, there's just there's a clear intelligence. Like I've done this before. Like I know if I stick it in that particular area, the keeper's going to struggle. You know, and he just has that IQ, that striker IQ. He's done it all his life. You know, he just knows where the back of the net is. Um, and yeah, there. There's frustrations with him, but that goal was um, that that could be goal of the season. Possibly, it's going to be a candidate, I think. And you don't often get headers that are goal of the season, so I don't know when the last one was. No, so. love that shout. I think you could be right there. Um, right, another player I want to move on to, Aaron Collins. Um, seen quite a few comparisons to Tom Nichols from Gasheads so far uh, in terms of 
We're getting lots of good all-round play from Collins. You know, he's dropping into pockets. He's running the channels. He's got a good touch. He's bringing others into the game. I thought Tuesday, again, probably his best all-round game he's had for the club. Um, But then he went through one-on-one at 1-0, smashed it over the bar. Obviously, if that goes in 2-0, it's probably game over. Um, Hasn't found the net for Rovers as of yet. Um, Weeksy, just general thoughts on Aaron Collins and how you see him as a player and you know what you think we're going to get from him going forward whether he's going to start hitting the net that kind of thing yeah it's, it's different I, I can see why people are comparing it to uh, Tom Nichols um, you know similar isn't it like you, you touched on there you know the all-round player apart from scoring the goals you can't really knock I, um, I, I struggled to slate Tom Nichols at the time just because the guy never gave up and I think Collins is very, very similar. And a, a lot of gas said, isn't it, is what we ask for, really. We see the effort. We'll give him loads of time. We'll give him the chance, which I hope everyone does with him. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I genuinely, at the minute, I don't know what he is. I'm not sure if he's a wide man. I don't think he's a nine. And I, he, he's almost too mobile to be a, a number 10 in the hole. I'm just hoping that he grows into a position. I, I think he's a striker overall, I think. Um, and I'm just praying that he do, when he does get that goal, we can see some of his some of his celebrations are good. Some look at the goals he scored for Forest Green. Looks like he enjoys himself and wants to play. I don't think he puts himself under too much pressure or anything like that. Um, I see him as a striker. Um, and I just hope that he gets that goal and he kicks on, unlike Tom Nichols. Um, but I think it'll come. And um, he's a young lad as well, isn't he? So uh, and, and he can only learn off that. We've just been talking about Brett Pittman. Who else better to learn from? Uh, like Mike touched on there, his finishing and nowhere to put it to make it difficult for the goalkeeper. You know, that's difficult to come naturally and even more difficult to teach. Um, but there's definitely a player in there somewhere. But I don't know what you guys think with position-wise. But at the minute, I think it's up front for me. Yeah, I think... I agree with you. He's a tricky one to place because I don't think he really has the pace to play out wide as such. Um, he's not a number nine. You know, he's quite tall. He's all right in the air, but he, he's quite, uh, he doesn't look particularly strong. Um, so I don't see him holding it up particularly well. I think he's probably a number 10 who just kind of needs to be given a bit of a free reign to kind of go where he wants maybe. And I think that's kind of how he was played on, on Tuesday night because um, you had Nicholson and Thomas playing out wide who were coming inside and, you know, Collins was popping up all over the pitch. I thought he was running down the left, running down the right. Sometimes he was leading the line at other times he was dropping deep and picking it up from the midfielders and turning on it and playing people in. I think you just kind of need to say to him, you know, go and do your thing really. And he works hard. He does track back. He puts in a defensive shift. So he's not like he's a luxury player in that respect, you know, I think, but I just don't think you want to pigeonhole him into one area. I think you just got to let him go and play. And hopefully when him and Nicholson and Thomas are all, well, we'll get a few more starts together and that relationship kind of builds between them. I think you could kind of see straight away that just good players can play well with other good players pretty quickly. I think some of the link up between Evans, Nicholson and Thomas, I thought was class because they're all just sort of naturally on the same wavelength and they're all thinking the same things and they all know the sort of runs that the others making. And I kind of think Collins will slot into that as well, as long as they can all stay fit and keep playing together. Um, that's the hope anyway, I guess. Um, 
So another player I want to move on to pick pick out for a bit of praise is Belshaw between the sticks because uh, it's not often we pick out a keeper for praise. Um, I mean, I don't really have a question about Belshaw to ask either of you, but I just love the bloke. I mean, I just think as a character, I think he's class. He absolutely loves playing for the club. You can tell his celebrations are mint. I loved him sprinting the whole length of the pitch at Walsall to get in the pylon in front of the away end. Uh, in my opinion, he's probably... I mean, he was brought in as a number two. Obviously, he's kind of turned into the number one with Ansi being out injured. But in my opinion, he's the best and most reliable number two we've had in absolutely years. Um, yeah, I mean, Willett, I don't have a question for you, but just, you know, can you just join me in praising Belshaw? Um, oh, we don't like him. Oh, I, I know. I know this is controversial, right? Which you guys edited his hands there. I was like, oh God, I I was like, come on, someone mentioned Belshaw, please. No, no, I like Belshaw. He hasn't, you know, I've I've got no issue, but I think, I think some of the praise has been a little bit over the top. I think he's made, I thought, I thought he made, I thought he made a mistake. Obviously he made a mistake against Swindon. I thought he was at fault for the goal against Bradford, the first one. And I thought even against Colchester, I reckon he could have saved that that volley. Perfect height, not not a powerful shot. And it looks to me like he's just sort of watched it into the net. Now, he's made some good saves as well. And I think number two is exactly what he is. And if Jacola comes back fit and we're ready, and he's ready, then I think he comes back in. He concedes a lot of goals for a keeper playing well. That's all I'll say. Over to you. Right, we- Weeks, he put this bloke in his place for me. <laughs> Mike, Mike, come on. Hello. <laughs> I, 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 I'm Weeks, stunned. you don't know where to start. He's stunned yeah, into silence. Where, Look at the bloke. I don't, where, yeah. I don't know where to start. Well, he kept us in the game, I feel. Um, he's made some outstanding saves. I'll go back to my comment about uh, Key and Harry's making that mistake, which... No goalkeeper at a professional level would expect a professional footballer not be able to trap the ball. Um, and he just instinctively saved it. Um, and even going beyond his performances, and I think some of the saves he's made is the effect I think he has on the team and lifts the fans as well. He's almost like the goalkeeping version of uh, Sinclair for me, um, where he's absolutely buzzing to be here. And just the little things that he does gets everybody up. And I'm probably the complete opposite to you, Mike, because I just think, I don't think Antsy's, I don't think you're going to see Antsy again. Genuinely, I just don't think you're going to see him play for us again. Um, and that's not any, um, you know, crosswords on Antsy because I rate him. He's a good goalkeeper. But I think just Belshaw just almost leads the team from where he is. Um, and I, he just looks the part for me. He gives me a bit of confidence. I know he made that mistake the other week. The, the game was dead and buried. Um, uh, Swindon, wasn't it? That that mistake, was it? Um, yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more, Mike. I love you to pieces, but I can't, I can't. I'm in disbelief. I'm in disbelief. I, I know we have conceded goals, but I think that's to do with the, you know, unsettled. We'd, we've had so many different uh, defensive partnerships and threes and back fours. Um, so I think he may have suffered from that a little bit, but we're all entitled to our opinion. Um, but I just think he's been brilliant. And and you know I I actually agree with with everything you're saying. Um, I I don't know what it is. I I, I find sometimes 
when when I see player gets gets so much praise, I kind of go, mm, let me just let me see if I can see a chink in their armor here. <laughs> I don't know why I do it, and but I'm the same with a player who gets loads and loads of stick. I think right, I'm going to try and sort of find the positives out of this. Like when Grant got loads of stick at the start of last season, I was like, I actually quite like Grant, and I couldn't I couldn't really be sure what I what I found so good about him at the time, but um. And, and and I do think I, I know I'm being harsh, particularly on the goal the other night. I know I, I put it this way: if he'd saved it, we'd be saying what a fantastic save. But um, just just a few things. I think just generally we concede a lot of goals, and I, I I always I'm a little bit suspicious of goalkeepers that concede lots of goals, even though he is making some good saves as well. I often think sometimes keepers have an art of making goals look better than they are. By you know we we've we've seen him like Kel Roos was one, he, you know every every goal we conceded it was like arched back stretched you know you think oh there's nothing the keeper could do but actually didn't think he was a very good keeper but he did go on to play in the championship quite regularly though so what do I know um but no um I just I wanted to throw that in there I wanted to throw that in there sorry uh Mr Belshaw. Yeah, if, if you're listening, James, most of us love you. Don't don't listen to a to nasty old Mike over there. Um, I just want to go back to something you said, Weeksy, which is about Ansi not getting back in, and I completely agree. And the reason I think he won't get back in is a because he's made a polystyrene apparently, but also b I think if we do want to play out from the back, and Barton talked about this after Tuesday night that he wants this to be the sort of style moving forward. Um, I just don't think Ansi can do it, basically. Um, obviously, it's the first time we saw Belshaw try and do it on Tuesday, and I thought he looked okay doing it, but we'll see you know, how good he is with his feet moving forward as we continue doing this. But I think we've seen enough of Ansi over the last couple of years to know that he's an old-school keeper, that he's not, he's not going to be able to play it out with his feet in that way that allows us to to move it up the pitch through the defence and through the midfield. If Ansi's there, he's either going to boot it up or it's going to be a long, long throw. He's got a hell of a throw on him, but I just don't think he's good enough with his feet. And I think even though he's probably a slightly better keeper than Belshaw in terms of maybe a shot stopping and things like that, I think the fact that Belshaw's got that other side of his game where he's maybe a better footballer as such will mean that he'll stay in the team. Personally, I know you're smirking, Mike. I'm not coming back to you. You're, you're not coming back in here. Um, anyway, let's move on to my last talking point from Tuesday night, which is Barton subs. Um, so he brought off Thomas on eight, on 78 minutes, sorry, Nicholson on 82 and Collins on 85 and brought on Paul Coots, Trevor Clark and Luca Hall in their place. Um, as I said earlier, lots of criticism online for these subs. Um, mainly for them being sort of too negative and making us play the remainder of the match too defensively. I would say the counterpoint to that is that we started with pretty much every fit attacking player we have. And therefore, when those players were brought off, he didn't really have a lot of option other than to bring on players who were slightly more defensive because that's kind of all we had left in the squad. You know, there was no Saunders to bring on. There was no Leon Clark to bring on. So you couldn't really bring on people who were as attacking as them. Um, yeah, just interested to get thoughts on it, really. Weeksy, what did you think of his subs and how, how it affected the game? Um, so straight after the game, I try not to, but I, I tweeted straight away. Um, and on reflection, I think I got it wrong. 
<clears throat> so I was highly critical of Barton. Um, I thought as I sat there watching, I was like, no, keep keep going at them. You know, we were be- we were clearly better than them. Um, but almost every manager up and down the land, away from home, last ten minutes or last, you know. 10, 15 minutes um, would probably do the same sort of thing. Uh, again, Mike, I was watching Man United game yesterday. Man United went 3-2 up and he brought Matic on straight away. Um, so I know Oli's not exactly the best manager in the world at the minute, but I'm saying at that level, they're doing that as well. Um, you know, and if he brings them on and we, we see it out, is it a good managerial decision? And also you've got to look at the players that were brought off. So we've already said about Thomas and Nicholson and we've been worried about their fitness. Um, you know, and can they see out, you know, 90 minutes, like, like last 10 minutes in the game would be crucial. That's when you're starting to feel tired, you start making mistakes, you know, and at the end of the day, their goal, we've actually defended the corner reasonably well. We've got it clear and the, the guys brought it down and smashed it into the bottom corner. And sometimes I think, and understandably so, there's so much negativity sometimes towards Joey and I'm guilty of it. People just want to dive in straight away and say, actually, and, and make you know, rash decisions just on who he is and not, not thinking about the actual decision he made. So on reflection, I tweeted that it was a joke and it was very negative, um, but I actually can see why he did. I'm um, hoping people can understand that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm the same. So I, I kind of, I at a time I thought, ah, strange subs. And I said to my dad who next to me, I said, if we do go 1-1, we've now got no one else to kind of, try and pinch a winner um but i i also then had that kind of reflection of well you, you've got thomas and nicholson who we both know aren't completely fit yet so he probably always had it in his head i'm going to end up having to bring them off um you know collins you knew i think fair enough i thought he worked himself into the ground and you're just hoping that the lads on the pitch can can hold out and and, and do what it can to, to win the match but you know i i just think yeah, you know, I'm someone who I don't need an excuse to have a pop at Barton, really. So I, I think, actually, on reflection, it was I can understand why he tried to do it. Just tried to shore it up. There is a concern about our sort of discipline in moments like that. Obviously, Trevor Clark kind of really put us one, well, and King Harris really put us in in deep trouble. But it's a shame that we can't just manage these games out properly. I mean, it wasn't a long time to hold out. I was I was sat there thinking, well, Colchester's offering practically nothing but you know we go down to 10 men nine men suddenly we're really struggling and it just goes to show though we mentioned before about Nicholson Thomas and how important they are both come off the whole thing goes to pieces so I think you need that outlet Um, we need to keep those two fit at least one of them definitely but um, I, I think going forwards he won't do that again I think he would keep one of them on and that's uh, the, the other thing you just hope that Barn is learning as he goes. He is still a young coach, you know. We, we are seeing things change about the way we're playing, formations, and things like that. So I'm, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be too surprised if he if he learns from that, and and we'll we'll see how how this looks going forward. Yeah, I think you both made some really good points. There. I agree with pretty much all of it. I think the the thing that I thought looking back was. I think if Harvey Saunders had been on the bench, he'd have been absolutely ideal to bring on in that situation. You know, maybe you bring Nicholson and Thomas off because we are managing their minutes as they're coming back to full fitness and we don't want them to break down. So 
I completely get taking them off. I thought they both looked shattered, to be honest, and needed to come off. Same with Collins, who put an absolute shift in. But I think probably if Saunders is on the bench, I think Collins probably comes off and Saunders goes on in his place and you have someone up there with fresh legs who's got absolutely bags of pace. And then we've got an outlet still and we can hit him on the counter with his with his pace. But as it was, bringing on Coots, Hall and Trevor Clark, it just it did make us so defensive, but there wasn't a lot of options. So yeah, tricky one. Again, I'm not someone who needs an excuse to go in on Barton, but you know, on reflection, I think that you probably can't put too much of the blame at his door. You know, he's not in control of Harry's getting sent off and then Trevor Clark throwing a punch at a bloke for literally no reason from what I could tell. It was just an absolute idiotic thing to do, to be honest. So yeah, anyway, frustrating one, but lots of positives to take from the performance. And we now go on to obviously this Saturday home game with Newport County. So let's have a quick preview of that before we wrap up the pod. Um, so form of both sides, Roy was unbeaten in three, scoring six and conceding three. Newport also unbeaten in three with three draws, scoring and conceding four. Um, Newport, basically a Rovers old boys team. They've got Telford, Joe Day, James Clark, Timmy Abraham and Ed Upson. But Ed Upson won't be playing because he's suspended because he got sent off against Carlisle on Tuesday. Uh, but it will be Newport's first game under their new rookie manager, James Robry, who's just left Cardiff's coaching set up to take over as manager. Um, yeah, so Nick Rovers, obviously without Harrys and Clark for Saturday. So let's have your start on 11 for the game. Oof. So it will be um, Belshaw, Mike's favourite in goal. <laughs> um, obviously, st- I think the... Um, the back five, I think probably maybe Anderton may maybe come in for Harry's with a balance with a left foot on the in the back. But I don't I think don't think Mark Hughes is anywhere near fit. That's that's all gone quite quiet, hasn't it? Um obviously want to keep that midfield pairing, um, Whelan and Evans. I'm I i will not be changing that. Um so it would be almost the, the same lineup, I think, guys. Um, apart from Harry's having to be replaced. Um I think we should go positive again. Um we're at home and like I said, if you're picking up a point away from home, as disappointing as it was, it felt like that was two points dropped um, on Tuesday. We, we backed that up with a win on Saturday and everything's looking quite rosy. And we're, we're staying in touch with the, the top half of the league, which is where we want to be. And we know this league, you can get on a run, you can get yourself right in there as well. Um, with we, Newport, difficult new managers, hope they don't have that new manager bounce. But, um, we would try and nullify that with going at them and be positive. That's what, that's what we want, don't we? we? Just want loads of positivity. Get, you know, Pittman up there, uh, Thomas and Nicholson and, um, see how we go. But yeah, I think, I think Anderson will probably come in for Harry's and I think that'd be the only change for me. What about you, Mike? Presumably you'd be tempted to bring in Ancy on his crutches between the posts on Saturday. I was just, I was just going to say that obviously it's a joke. Uh, I wouldn't be serious, but uh, no, um, I, I agree with that. I think it probably will be Anderton coming in. Um, and, you know, he didn't do too bad against Bradford when he came on. I've not been impressed with him uh, so far this season. He's been pretty, pretty dodgy, but yeah, I mean, that, that was encouraging. So uh, yeah, it probably won't make too many changes, but look like, like um, Nick says, we just want to be positive, get on the front foot because, the way we played the first half against Bradford, where I, I 
you know, we've seen quite a few one-sided games. But I thought that well, that was on us. I thought we we're going to get absolutely battered here, but we turn it around in the second half, and we seem to have kind of kept that going through the Colchester game as well. Kind of kept that same intensity going. So hopefully, we can go get on the front foot. And um, you know, it's a bit different with Newport. Like they got a new manager coming in, and you know, normally when a new manager comes in, that team's really struggling, but they're kind of doing all right. Um, so whether that will have the same effect, who knows? A bit like when we had Garner came, you came in when we were already sort of flying high and it had the opposite effect, really. So hopefully it'll have the opposite effect for them as well. But we'll just have to see. But you know, it's still early days, really, for this, for this squad, you feel. Yeah, so for once, lots of positive talk on this podcast tonight. Uh, but let's see how positive you're both really feeling. So score predictions for Saturday, Weeksy. Uh, 2-0 Rovers Mike I'll go 2-1 because you know Belshaw's going to concede one and oh. <laughs> right. his legs I'm, or something I'm, I'm <laughs> done, with you. Done, done with you I'm going to have to wrap it up now <laughs> just so I don't get angry right so uh, so that'll just about do it for this episode uh, a big thanks to Willett and Weeksy for joining me this evening to strengthen the depleted gas cast squad and a big thanks to you all for listening at home as well um, I mean, I was going to say we'll speak to you again next week, but I made that promise on the last pod and then majorly balls it up. So I won't be doing that again, but we will speak to you very soon. Um, and all that's left to say for this one is up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.